This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Shelly Paxton online. Shelly, how are you? I am very good. How are you? I am great. We're going to talk about being the chief soul officer of your life, and I know that's going to raise the eyebrows of many asking, what in the world does that mean? So tell us a little bit about your backstory, and, and for a lot of the friends and family that listen to my show and colleagues across the globe, we, we may even talk about you know hogs a little bit in this episode, and I'm not talking about pigs, but uh, so tell us a little bit your backstory and, and the work that you're doing now. That's right. So my backstory, I come out of the corporate world. I spent 26 years as an advertising and marketing executive. I was I had the good fortune to steward amazing brands from McDonald's to Visa to AOL to most recently Harley Davidson, hence the hog reference. And yeah, I spent uh, I spent the last six and a half years of my corporate career was as VP and then chief marketing officer of uh, Harley Davidson, which is incredible. You know, it's sort of, it's, it's such an honor to have been a part of the story of these iconic brands. And yet I realized as I would, you know, kind of climb to the top and I had incredible success and I had a lot of good fortune along the way that I was ticking all the boxes of success on the outside, but I was feeling quite empty on the inside. So I, was, I would even go as far as to say I was feeling a little bit emotionally and spiritually bankrupt. And I kept asking myself the question, I'd wake up in the morning and wonder, like, how could I work for this incredible, iconic brand that people tattoo all over their bodies? And it's not fueling me. I don't feel fulfilled. In fact, I kind of came up with the term. I said, I don't feel successful. I feel success empty. And I kept asking myself this question, like, is this all there is? Like you get to the top. I'm in a, I'm in a, you know, one of the sexiest, coolest roles in marketing. People would give their limbs to be in this job. And yet I, I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling like this was my calling. And so ultimately what ended up happening as, you know, as, as these things do, like if we, we know we're sort of out of alignment with ourselves, that little voice inside of us, if we're not connected to it, like it whispers to us and then it shouts and then it just takes a two by four to the solar plexus so that you have to listen. And that's what ultimately happened to me in my final year at Harley. You know, it was really clear, like I was, I was numbing. I was busying myself to death. I was approaching burnout and I just wasn't, I was pretending not to know that there was something wrong and I wasn't, you know, on my own, you know, dream path, if you will. And so I had a, a nightmare It'd come visit me five nights a week that would rip me out of my sleep. And I call it in the book, I call it chapters like getting woke literally and so, you know, it's, it's a metaphor for like my own enlightenment and my own understanding that what this nightmare was showing me was that I was neglecting my own soul and that it was just begging me to be acknowledged and fed and loved and nurtured. And that was a massive wake up call for me. And so from that moment forward, when I understood 
what the nightmare was revealing to me, I started to pave my way out of the company. And that's where chief sole officer comes into play. So as I was sort of working through all of this, I woke up one morning, you know, and I was like, how am I going to explain this to the world? People think, are just going to think I'm, I'm absolutely batshit crazy that I'm leaving this amazing job and I don't have another job lined up and I'm going to go nurture my soul, which sounds very airy fairy. And so I woke up one morning and it was so clear to me that I was going on this journey that I was calling my soulbatical because I wanted to give it some gravitas. I wanted, yeah, I'm a marketer, right? So I come up with language and I wanted to give it a handle. And then I was like, I am going to become chief soul officer of my life. And to be honest with you at the time, I knew a title was really important because I placed so much um, importance on titles in those days. And so I knew if I was chief soul officer of my own life, that I would respect that title. I would honor that title and I would live up to the expectations of that title, which was to reconnect with and nurture my soul. And that was the early days of soulbatical. That's exactly what my, what my mission was. And you've been quite successful since you've launched it because I, I, and I commend you for being one of the rare ones that recognized there was an issue. I see too many people that I work with that are stressed and burned out. They're blissfully unaware of what's happening, where you sensed you know, the, you know, the success empty component instead of being successful. You recognize that, and a lot of people don't. And when you do, you were able to make a clear decision. I'm sure it took time, but I'm sure you worked through it and said, okay, I realize that I have to do something different in order to get past all the nightmares for one. And that could have led to some significant health concerns. If you don't get restful sleep over time, your body ends up using all of its energy to repair the damage of not getting enough restful sleep, which then mitigates the, uh, or creates the opportunities where certain ailments and bugs and uh, chronic diseases can sneak in because your body isn't repairing itself over time. So I commend you for, for catching it and, and, and being brave enough to walk away from what you said is a dream position, a dream career, because you put yourself first. And that's brave. And that, that takes a lot of courage. But I, I commend you. I commend you for doing that because it's not an easy decision. I know it wasn't, and for many people, they they kind of say, "You know what? I'm I'm just going to ride it out. It'll get better." And it never does. Um, no, it, it, it just doesn't. We as humans play these dangerous games of "I should" and "I'll be happy when" and you know all of these things, and they just they they you know lead to a life full of regret. Um, you know, and I, I committed to myself, you know, one, I just, I kind of said, all right, if not now, then when, and what if I just give myself a year to just go and see where this leads me, what, what doors or portals it opens and invest in the possibility of my future self. And, and I think even more importantly, and this is how I think as a marketer, what really struck me, and, and I did a lot of deep work on this kind of as I got deeper and deeper into my soulbatical, what really struck me is what if 
Shelly Paxton is the most iconic brand I could ever represent. And it really reframed my thinking because I had spent my entire career, you know, in the shadows of, very proudly in the shadows of supporting these huge brands all around the world and really kind of sublimating my own. And so that led to deeper work, which led to an epiphany for me. And maybe this will be helpful for anybody listening. I realized that I had been living my entire life rebelling, or most of my life, I should say, rebelling against. There's a reason why the subtitle of my book is called A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. I came, I shot out of the womb, like kicking and screaming and rebelling against my parents and tradition and religion and authority, you name it, right? The list was long. And the epiphany for me as I went on this journey, is that the real power in being a rebel and awakening that rebel within is rebelling for. And this concept, it just was a radical shift for me. And it's how I live my life and run my business and, and coach other people. I'm basically, I'm, I'm challenging everyone to rebel for who you are, what you believe in, and the impact that you want to have in the world. And that is a superpower. My, I think my favorite line from the entire book is, authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. And when I landed on that, it just came through me. I was like, that's it. Like that is my bumper sticker for life. That's an amazing bumper sticker because being truly authentic to yourself and I'm not lost on what you said a couple of minutes ago about all the branding work that you did for all those organizations that the majority of people are well aware of. They know. So I know for a fact that I have consumed marketing from those organizations that you worked on. I know it. I mean, it did, I didn't see your initials in the corner. I kind of wish I did because um, I'm, I'm a firm believer and I, and I recognize that because when you get to where we are in life, you recognize, yeah, there's something that is existing. You know, like I'm looking at my laptop or my iPhone. And yes, iPhone, I, of course, we can think about Steve Jobs but, and Johnny Ive, but there's countless people that put all types of time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears into making that device a reality. And I don't see their names on it, but I know they exist and I'm thankful in all the things that I use that make my life easier for the people behind the scenes that actually made it happen. And the fact that you went, you know what? I need to make Shelly Paxton the brand and let's focus on that. And that equates to something that you said, you know, early on in, in this conversation, which is, putting ourselves first. And I think, you know, this is, this is one of my principles of being a chief soul officer that we celebrate that self first isn't selfish because if we don't get to know ourselves, you know, honor our truth, you know, live into our truth, then we, you know, and fuel ourselves with what, you know, what really fills us up and fulfills us, then we've got nothing to give. We don't know who we are. We're kind of directionless and, and our, you know, and our, and we're empty. 
right? We don't have anything to give to anybody else. So I feel so passionately about self first. It's not selfish. It's actually the greatest thing we can do because if I wasn't taking care of myself to the point you made about sleep deprivation, right? And there was a lot of that happening. I, I had in my story, I talk a lot about the illnesses that I ignored throughout time. And they were always happening when I was making decisions that were out of alignment with the, you know, with the truth of who I am and what I want. And, you know, my path, not someone else's path. The big aha for me is that I was living my dad's dream. I was basically living my dad's career. And he was my biggest cheerleader on the sidelines because of course that's what he wanted to see. Right. So I really do believe that, you know, for men and women, especially for women, that we need to embrace this this self-first piece because I couldn't show up here right now and be having this conversation with you and be the lighthouse that I am in the world if I were if I'm not taking care of myself. It becomes very obvious. Yeah, and it's it's crucial and it, it's one of the key things I tell people and preventing them from their continued burnout or preventing burnout in the first place is you have to take care of yourself first. And when you do, and you truly present the best version of yourself in life, then when you do give and serve others, they're getting a much better version of you than they ever would have before. And it's it, it's actually benefiting people that you serve better if you take care of yourself first. And it's, it's a mind shift. And, I, and if you mentioned a few things during our chat so far about just a slight pivot and what you're saying to yourself and what you say is a huge difference in life in a variety of things that you do. It's, yeah, it's so true. And I would also, I would, I would add that sometimes in order to do that, we also have to give ourselves permission to, you know, we, I, listen, this is actually one of my favorite exercises and it's something that I do every morning. You know, I ask myself, what do I need to give myself permission to do, to feel, or to not do in order to show up as my most authentic, courageous, and powerful self today? And sometimes, especially as we're, you know, as we're working our way through this pandemic, you know, sometimes it's like, I just need a freaking nap. Like right now, I actually feel pretty tired. And I was like, do I have time in my schedule? Because I think I need like a 20 minute boost. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you know what, I give myself permission to cancel those couple of meetings because I just look at my calendar or look at my day and say, I'm back to back to back. And energetically, that's not going to serve me or anyone else. And so, you know, I, I give myself to create my, my self permission to create space or just go walk outside or just say, yep, you know what, the rest of the to-do list can wait. But, you know, that's another powerful part of being a chief soul officer of your life is give yourself permission. And a lot of times what we're giving ourselves permission for is to place ourselves first and meet our own needs um, in a variety of ways. It's crucial and an exercise I have people do is, you know, really triage using a medical term, their calendar and look for those areas where you can build in breaks or have the permission, like you said, to take a nap. Now, if you take a nap right now, 
you know, I'll, I'll, I'll edit it out, but you know, <clears throat> I'll say, okay, this, this, yeah, well, but actually it'd be a good exercise for people on self-care. It's like, okay, now Shelly's going to take a nap and we're going to, we're going to sit here and we're going to wait and we'll, we we'll chime an alarm. Group nap. Maybe exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, there's, there's the power of pause, right? We are oh. in this moment where we are slowing down and we are pausing. And this is one of the beautiful things, like allow yourself to sink into that. There's, there's, there's such energy and power in that refueling. Well, I mean, that's a wonderful segue because of course, at the time of this recording, we're dealing with this tiny little pandemic that we refer to as COVID-19. And you, you know, obviously, you, this book came out before this, and you wrote it before it. But you know, the content and the work that you do is as if it was designed just for how to take care of your life in situations like what we find with with COVID nineteen. So, what are some tips that you would love to share with people on how to navigate their their own life through this? In a, in a way that can really nurture and take care of their soul. Because I know a lot of people are dealing with anxiety. They're worried about their finances, food, their jobs, health of loved ones. You know, Maybe there's so many that have lost lives so far from this. And there's just a lot going on and a lot of uncertainty. And it's impacting pretty much every sector and every every race, every country, you name it. And, but you know, what are some things that you, you guide people to do to help them kind of mitigate, you know, the, the potential damage that something like this can create. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. And this is right now, as, as you and I were joking before we started recording, like this truly is like my favorite thing to talk about because it was, it was a very weird moment. My book just, my book only came out mid January of this year. So this week it's only four months old. And then, you know, so halfway into its young life, not even, uh, this pandemic comes along and I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding. I write my first book. It's published by Simon & Schuster. All this awesomeness is happening. That's like, you can just hear the brakes, you know, screeching to a halt. And a couple of days later I went, oh, actually that's not the case at all. Because what dawned on me is that sabbatical really is about the power of the pause. It's not at all about leaving your job. It's about finding yourself. And so I started to joke at first that it's like for, for us non-essential workers, you know, are we in quarantine or sabbatical? And I realized the gift of this book being in the world and me being able to talk about it and help people through this because sabbatical is about finding meaning in the madness. It's about finding yourself and doing that work to understand who you are, what you want, and the impact you want to have in the world. And so if not now, then when? This is a time where we are slowing down. And I'm a huge believer that a crisis always comes to teach us something. We know that from our personal experiences. We know that from his, what, you know, historical experiences. And so the question is like, what is this going to teach us? What gift will this um, pandemic bring us? And that's going to be different for each of us individually. And it's certainly, there's, there are going to be collective lessons and gifts as well. And I think it's really important for 
each one of us to use this time to get reconnected. I say find your soul signal, but you can just say find find your signal. Get reconnected and rebalanced from the inside out. The world is so noisy. I mean, let's be honest. We live in a really, really noisy world to begin with. It's just gotten exponentially noisier. And this is an opportunity, like that's where a lot of the anxiety and the fear and the overwhelm come from. So this is a really powerful opportunity to slow down and get still and do what I wasn't doing for the longest time, which is reconnect with that little voice inside and listen. So give yourself that permission to be still for, I don't know, at least 15 minutes a day. Even if like to get away from your family, you just have to go sit in the the one dark closet. Give yourself permission to do that. Just tune out the world, tune into that little voice, reconnect with it and listen to it. It's always trying to tell you something. And this is a powerful place to start because that's kind of the GPS system that will help us weather any storm, right? It'll guide us through this storm and beyond, and it'll create, it's, it's such a, um, it's such a, it's, it is, it's like stability from the inside out, just like I said. So I think that's one powerful thing. The other tip that I would give, I have, I have many, so you'll cut me off at some point, but the other one that I think is really powerful, I jokingly have been saying, lean into the boredom. And now I get it. I know a lot of people are busier than ever because they're homeschooling kids while they're managing a job and the whole family's in the same house that, you know, probably for the first time in a long time for 24 seven. And so what I, you know, what I know to be true from my own experience is that I was addicted to busyness. And I think many of us are. I think as a culture, we often wear that as a badge of honor. And so I would invite everybody as you're reconnecting with your soul signal to also take this downtime to practice being, overdoing being very present in the moment, even if it's folding laundry, be very present in the, the, the sensor, you know, sensorial experience of, you know, the fabrics and the smell and the touch, like engage your five senses and be present in the moment because that, that switches our brain, right? We can't feel that anxiety and that fear. We can't worry about the future if we're deeply engaged in a moment or just savoring a home-cooked meal that you've made or you've made together with your family, those are really powerful aspects or, or, or you know, ways of being and not feeling like you have to be in motion, in activity all the time. And it's powerful because that also helps us recover and re-energize and refuel. And there's another piece of that that I'd like to share, which is I invite everybody to use this downtime to audit aspects of your life. We all know that, you know, we came into this pandemic not thinking everything was rosy, right? So I have an exercise in the book that I can describe really quickly here called Soul Fuels versus Soul Sucks. And it's really simple. It's like a 20-minute exercise. Just grab a blank sheet of paper or set one up on your laptop and on the draw a line down the middle of it. And on the left-hand column, entitle it Soul Fuels. These are things that just light you up, give you energy, you know, just make you feel like you're, you're fulfilled and you're fueled. 
And on the right-hand side, that column is entitled soul sucks. Exactly the opposite. People, places, things, activities that just drain you of energy or that you're doing out of a sense of obligation or guilt. And sit down as this could be a starting point to just get kind of in deeper relationship and truth with yourself. Stream of consciousness. Give yourself 10 minutes on each column. No judging, no editing. Don't even pick the pen up or stop, you know, your fingers from typing and see what flows through you and comes out. I have done this exercise hundreds of times and people are always surprised by what shows up in these columns. And so do that 10 minutes for soul fuels, 10 minutes for soul sucks, and then pull yourself back and look at what you've written and ask yourself some simple questions. Which, which list is longer? What scares me? What inspires me? What do I want more of? And what do I want less of? You know, there's so, you know, it's such a powerful way to take a snapshot of your life, especially in this moment in time, because I'm a true believer that this is one of the gifts. One of the gifts in this pandemic is to slow us down. And the other, and probably one of many gifts, is going to be our awareness around what we really don't want in our life anymore and what we want much more of in our life. And, you know, as you, if you do this exercise, then ask yourself the question, what's one aspect of the old normal that you don't want to return? And what's something that you do want to carry from this experience in, you know, with sheltering in place into the new normal? Because we have the agency and the opportunity to shape our new normal coming out of this and to make some decisions on what we want to rebel for. That is an amazing exercise. It's, it's a little bit similar to something that I have people do as well. It's, I can refer to it as the, the bucket list where on the left side, I have everybody list all the things that they love doing, bring fulfillment and joy and happiness in their life. And on the right side, I have them write down the last time they did those things. And people realize that they have not done things that they enjoy to do in life for a very long time. And I ask them, why? Why are you doing things? And they say they don't have time. And I, I tell them, I keep going to Ikea to look for that 26-hour clock, and they don't sell them. We all get 24, so we need to prioritize. And it, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do this exercise as well because I know even – and I work – you know, remotely most of the time anyway. So, you know, it's, it, I'm, I'm kind of a vet at being able to do this kind of work, but there are subtle differences that I'm noticing. And it's definitely an opportunity to look and go, okay, what's sucking my soul? And what is things that I love that give me fulfillment and start shifting the grid over a little bit. And one quick story for you too, is you had mentioned about slowing down. And one of the things that I've done even you know, even before uh, COVID-19, but recently I've made it a point to do it at least every day as much as I can, is within about 10 minutes of where I live, there's a nature trail and it's got a river through it with some really small waterfalls and things like that. And I go walking over there and walk and I see the river flowing and I just stop and I just listen. And I just listen. And what I've noticed and it could be a combination of things. One, there's less people out, so the birds are feeling a little bit more safe, so there's more of them out. 
or I've slowed down enough to notice that the bird's chirping. And I've noticed that, and there's three ducks that hang out, and I see them typically every day, and it reminds me of my childhood because I used to live on a pond, and my great-grandfather used to bring over some corn, and I would feed the ducks. And what they would do is they would come up from the pond that was in our backyard, walk up to our front porch, use their bills, and knock on the screen door, so we knew that the ducks were there. So I'd have to go. I'd have to go feed them. So I'm a little kid feeding the ducks this corn that my grandfather gave me. Now, if for some reason, and they would come typically around the same time of day. Sometimes it'd vary a little bit. But if for some reason the family was out, and if the ducks came by and we weren't home, they would crap all over our porch. So my dad would. My dad would have to hose off. He's like, "Hold on, I got to hose off the porch before we can go in," because it would just be duck shit everywhere so it's so every time i see the ducks i I look at them and i kind of giggle and going i'd feed you but you might show up at my front door and crap all over my porch if i'm not prepared and i live in a condo building so there's gonna be a lot of upset owners at me because i'm feeding the wildlife but but no but but it's an important story to slow down and actually pay attention to what's going on in our lives and i agree with you this as tragic of a situation this is for many people, it is a wonderful opportunity for all of us to take an audit of what's going on in our lives, see the areas that we would like to be different, and, and take the necessary steps to make that happen. Because we are all the chief sole officers of our lives. We're the CEOs of our own lives. We are the boss, and we can dictate how we want our lives to be. And we have that control. I know a lot of people for some reason delegate that control or think they don't have it. They do, but they just need to take this opportunity and, and really uh, you know, put some time and effort into it. Do that exercise of the soulful versus the soul sucks and, and look at those areas that they don't like in their life and, and take the steps to start removing those things. Yeah, and, and nobody said this is easy, right? You know, it goes back to, you know, your your comment slash compliment about when I left Harley and I received that because, you know, the right thing to do is not always the easy thing to do, but I'll tell you 100%, it is the most rewarding and fulfilling thing to do. And I know, you know, commitment I've made to myself is I don't want to be, you know, the, there's the top five regrets of the dying that Bronnie Ware wrote about in her book. And I, the number one regret that I, I refuse to be speaking on my deathbed is that, you know, I lived the life that others expected of me instead of the, you know, instead of having the courage to live the life I truly wanted. And I'm a believer that we can create that life. It doesn't always happen overnight. It takes a lot of intention and courage and commitment and action to take a series of baby steps that start to open doors and and lead us to places we couldn't have imagined. And I am proof positive of that. I took one step outside of the door of Harley with like two boxes of motorcycle memories in in my arms. And I could never have imagined three and a half years later that I would have created a business. I'm now an entrepreneur and a coach and an author and a speaker. And I'm a lighthouse to the world for living more authentically and courageously and on purpose and rebelling for what you believe in. And it's so powerful, but I couldn't have known that 
all I knew was that I was living out of alignment with my truth and it was time to rediscover what that was. And so take, take that step. That is awesome. And, and the advice you give in this book, like I alluded to before, it's as if you wrote this book for right now. Uh, and it's and it's a spot on book, and I highly encourage everybody pick up a copy and work through it, and take this opportunity again to change the things in your life that you want to change and improve. And and when you do that, um, when you implement these things and start taking care of yourself first, your life is going to be greater than you could have ever imagined. So, Shelly, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you, this book, and everything else you're doing? Yeah, uh, probably the easiest place is my website, which is soulbatical.com and soulbatical spelled with two B's and one T. Uh, so that's got all the, the juicy goodness. You know, you can d- dive into my writing. You can d- figure out where to buy the book, although it's really available anywhere that you purchase books. Um, Amazon, all the all the biggies, independent booksellers, and uh, you, from a social media standpoint, like uh, Instagram is my playground. At Soulbatical is my handle. It's my favorite place to be. And uh, LinkedIn, Shelly Paxton on LinkedIn, and I, you know, I publish a fair amount there. And so, yeah, I'm having fun. I talk a lot about rebel leadership, and every the first Sunday of every month, I put out a newsletter called Soul Fuel. So, if you want any more of these nuggets of goodness, um, you can find the place to sign up right on the homepage of my website. Come join the community of uh, rebel rebel leaders. I'll definitely have all of that information in the show notes. Shelly, I've loved our conversation today. Thank you so much for, one, for writing the book and, and, and doing the work that you've done because it's an inspiration to me and, and I know it'll be an inspiration to everybody listening to this episode. Thank you, Michael. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get us a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.